turn to uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, if you will. <clears throat> We're looking at uh, Matthew chapter 6. This is a very well-known uh, scripture as far as, as far as prayer goes, because it's the Lord's Prayer. And uh, I, I know, uh, Philip, uh, you've, been, you've helped with, the, with sports teams and football for many years at, at Phil Campbell. And I know some of you looking out here, Terry, I mean, all, these, all you guys. Now, when, when, we were, when, I was a, when I was a teenager and then in school, we would recite this, this prayer. You know, before practice, before ball games, we would say the Lord's Prayer. Not really ever thinking about it a whole lot, about the meaning behind it. It was just one of those things to do. Um, some of, maybe some of them, for me, it, it was just, I, I, I was a Christian, but I, it just didn't, didn't lodge into my head. It was just one of those things that, that we did. This prayer goes really deep, and, and a lot of times when somebody teaches on prayer, this is, this is where we start, is, is we start with this prayer because it's a model of uh, uh, Jesus. Basically, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And I mentioned this before, that of all the things that he was doing, feeding 20-something thousand people with just a cup of fish and some bread and, and, and you know healing and all these other things that Jesus was doing, and... From all that, the praying is what the disciples said, teach us how to do. Because that, that really impressed them. So, with that, we, we, we want to just cover two verses tonight. And um, I think Kyle's probably got both of these versions of um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. So we'll read both of those. But before we read those, I, I didn't cover this. To begin with, um, just simply because I wanted to cover other thing, the other part. So, kind of think in terms of of uh, this is the automobile. <laughs> this is if if you think in in terms of the Lord's uh, the Lord's prayers, the automobile. What we've kind of looked at is kind of the parts that go into the into the automobile. Uh, we've looked at. You know, we've looked at the engine, and we've looked at the transmission, you know. So we've, looked, we've talked about how faith affects prayer and, and, and different things. I'm not going to go back and cover everything that we did. But for the last few weeks, we've talked about the parts. Now we're going to finally get to sit down in this car starting tonight and turn it over, Terry, and see if it'll crank. Um, so let's look at it. Let's see if the engine will turn over. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and we'll read both these versions, but Jesus says, Pray then in this way, our Father who, are, who is in heaven. Now I'm going to try to say that in the King James Version or New King James Version because that's what I've memorized it in. Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Matthew, the same, same two verses in the CSB, which I like a lot. I use the CSB a lot. We'll be using it tonight. Uh, it says, therefore, you should pray like this. 
And I like the way the CSB translates that because that's, that's kind of what, that's kind of the flow of what he says. Now, you don't, you don't pray. That, these are not the words to pray because he just got through talking about, and he's going to mention this again, talk, talking about the Gentile people and, and others pray just repetitively. Uh, repetitive prayers you know repetitive words they would say the same things over and over and over again and he said don't don't pray that way so he says use this as a model and he says you should you should pray like this our father in heaven your name be honored as holy your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so let's Let's divide these two verses up, and we're going to cover just two verses <coughs> Excuse me, out of this prayer tonight, and then we'll cover the rest uh, hopefully Wednesday, next Wednesday night. So um, we're, we're looking at this. So, you know, the, one, the first thing I want us to be able to see here is that we're praying, and Jesus says this, that we're praying in the presence of God Himself, of God the Father Himself. Now, we're always in, in the presence of God, but listen, there is something about bowing our head, if you bow your head, <laughs> I do, I normally, I, I will when I pray, bow my head, and I'm, and I'm entering into this, this presence where God himself, I, it, there's this connection, this communication that's, a, that's about to happen. But the first thing that Jesus says is that you need to understand that you're coming into the presence of the Father Himself. And so this morning, or this evening, as we, as we look at this, it breaks down into three parts. And I'll go ahead and give you these three parts. It breaks down, this verse 9 breaks down into who, it breaks down in, into the where, and it breaks down into the what. I wanted to do who, what, when, and where, and why, but I, it, it, there's, there's only three <laughs> in this. Is who, where, and how. So let's look at uh, let's look at the first. You know, it it says, pray like this: Our Father. So Father implies a relationship. The new birth, or a new birth, or being a Christian is required to be able to have this this time with God. And I we'll we'll look at this verse John fourteen, twelve and thirteen says. Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and he will do even greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now there's a whole lot there, but what, what I want you to see is in verse 12, where he says, Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me. So, being able to to get a prayer to God the Father is, is it takes belief in, in the Son. And that, that's, that's gone over several different times in, in the Bible, but, but here we've got John chapter 14, and he says, the one who believes in me will be able to communicate with the Father in this way. Now there's a lot in, in there, Whatever in verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, so it needs to be asking, and, and we're going to cover what that means in just a minute. But uh, I, I will do, and then something else, is that the Son is to be glorified in everything, in everything that's, that's done. So this, this prayer that we pray, we need to be praying in, in the name of the Father. 
uh, and in the name of, of Jesus, uh, rather, and also that his son will be glorified. So that, that's the who. We're talking, God, we're talking to God himself. Um, it speaks to the Father, but it also, uh, there's, there's something else here. It's, it, we see that it speaks about, it says our. Look back at that. Our Father in heaven. In other words, it's, we're, we're, to, we're to be connected with him because he's our Father. He's not just a Father. He's not just, and that's where the world starts to look a little bit differently at at God, the, the world looks at God as a distant, a distant God that just kind of creates everything. And I say the secular, secular world believes this, those that even believe that there is a God. But they just see that God created everything and, you know, he went on vacation and, and we've got it from here. And that's, that's kind of how. But listen, we've got a personal relationship. So when, when Jesus says, our Father... He's our Father. He, he's, we belong to Him. Our, he, so this speaks of the community of faith and our, our prayer. Our prayer life should include not only with Him being our Father, but it, it also uh, talks about when He says our. It's not, he doesn't just say my Father in heaven. He says our Father in heaven. So we come, we get here on Wednesday night, and 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 you know, I might text somebody or or call somebody and say, I, I need you to pray about something. It's because our Father, it, it Terry is, we're serving the same God. So we can. So what Jesus is really saying here is that we need to be able to pray for each other and with each other. So he's he's our Father. It speaks of the community of faith. Um, church or our prayer life should include the church. Too often we're guilty of selfish praying. I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean by that, Jimmy? A selfish praying is most of the time, you know, when somebody will pray, they'll, you know, they'll they'll pray and they'll say, and then they'll start giving God a list of needs that they have on on themselves, right? Amen or oh me. <laughs> I mean, I've I've usually got a list that I that I need you know to talk to God about. But listen, we're, we're to pray for each other. We're to pray with each other, but we're also to pray for each other and about things that are going on in our, in our life. Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, listen to this, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interest, but rather the interest of others. Our focus is not just on ourselves, but our focus is, is on our brothers and sisters as the church. So that's the who. We're talking about our Father. And where is our Father? He's in heaven. It speaks of, this speaks of God's position as sovereign. Uh, he's on, God's, he's on uh, heaven's throne and and he's worthy of our faith. He's worthy of our worship. He's, he's an able God. He's able, he's able to answer these prayers as, as, we, as we pray these prayers. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, this is, of course, Hebrews chapter 11 is what, you know, it's a very important chapter in the book of Hebrews. 
but it's about it's it's the faith. It's about all those that were then, you know in the Old Testament and New Testament that that had faith by faith. So you know by faith Abraham, by faith Moses. So it was that. And then here you've got some you got some that were that that came in, in faith in Jesus Christ. So if this is the new church. And and verse thirteen says these all died in faith, although they had not received the things that they were promised, but they saw them from a distance. What what are some of the things that were that were promised to them? What's some of the things that, that's promised to us? What's one thing that's promised to us? A home in heaven. Thank you, Philip. A home in heaven. And they, they were promised this too. So look back at this. They were, they were thinking about this. It says, these all died in faith. Although they had not received the things that they were promised, but they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on this earth or on the earth. Amen. I'm, I'm looking at sometimes I, I texted somebody. I was texting with Alberto. Y'all know Alberto. Uh, we were texting back and forth today. And, and, uh, and you know, we, we, we got on this thing about we're, we're close to the end. <laughs> you know, both of us, we just right around the corner. It's, it's going to all be, Lord's coming back. And uh, we talked about how evil the world was now, you know, and, and how much everything has changed. Even in Nicaragua, how much everything's changed in the last 20 years. And it's, it seems like we're on a, a runaway train that's, that's speeding to where the tracks are going off the edge of the cliff as a, as a country and as a world. So, so we, look back at, we look back at this verse and we, and we understand and we know that we're foreigners and we're temporary residents on earth. And verse 14 says, Now those who say such things make it clear they are seeking a homeland. If they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But they now desire a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their father, for he has prepared a city for them. Guess what? He's prepared a city for us too. We're right in there with him. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So God has promised us certain things and God is in heaven. <laughs> and He's the God over all. And a lot of times, you know, you think, man, this, this is all messed up. It's messed up. Things don't happen like we, we want them to happen. But God is still in control. So that's the who and that's the where it's in heaven. So let's look at the why. Or the, I'm sorry, the how. We'll save the why for next week. So the how is uh, I want us to be able to look at two things here uh, to remember as we come before His presence. We need to look at this first word, this, this hallowed. It says, your name be honored as holy. If you look back at the New, uh, New American Standard, it says, hallowed be your name. Now, I know that's probably the one that everybody's got in their mind is hallowed be their name. And, but this is, what this is talking about is God's name is holy. God's name is holy. This reminds us of God's holiness. God is a holy God, 
and must be approached in awe and reverence. I got a chance to <laughs> I got a chance to witness to somebody the other day and uh, talking about God being holy. This so Kyle recommended that I read a book and I read this. I, I went ahead and I you know got this book down and I guy the author in it mentioned something. It, it was the the book is what is it Kyle? It's uh, the unsafe unsaved christian gina's got it now so she she's reading it now and 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 she said well that's <laughs> you know the now the the uh, english teacher's coming out in her well that's not even the unsaved christian <laughs> what is this book even about and so this guy talks about how people put their their faith and their trust in so many different things in this country he's talking about this country and really not a, really in the country but especially in the southeast talks about it being the biggest mission field on planet earth because there's so many unsaved christians that's sitting right here in church and he said the first thing you got to do he said you've got to get them unsaved before you can get them saved <laughs> and what that means is he said or he said you got to get them lost before you can get them saved because they think they're saved because they you know because they they go to church or they think they're they're saved because their mom and daddy was saved or they, you know, for a thousand different reasons. But he, he gave, this, uh, he gave this, this, this good advice on being able to, to share it, to witness with somebody who says or thinks that they're saved because maybe they're, they belong to a certain denomination. So I got a chance, I, and he says, so, so what, you, what you can do and, and with this is, is ask them what, when I say that God is holy, what, do you, what does that mean? What do you think that means that God is holy? Now, the guy that I was witnessing to, he's not all there. I can say that about him because I love him. But he, he, and he says, well, he's got holes all in him. <laughs> I said, no, that's not, that's not what it is. He's, he's, he's whole. I said, he's holy. And, and he sat there for a minute and he said, he's pure. He's without sin. And I said, absolutely. So, so when, when we're talking about God, we're, we're talking about coming to a God that is holy. And that we are to not only know that, but we're to recognize that in prayer. When we pray, God, you are holy. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. When we talk about God, we need to understand in our minds that he's holy. And it's okay for us to say, God, you are holy. You are the only one that's holy. And that we can't, we can't even touch any part of that. So, number one is that this reminds us that He's holy, that He's pure, that He's sovereign. And to hallow His name means that we see Him as Lord over all. When His name is hallowed, we can... Never say, no, Lord. When we can never say, not me, Lord. And the only thing that fits with Lord is, yes, Lord. That, that is the only thing. To hallow God, we simply ascribe to Him the honor and the glory and the majesty that is and has always been His. So, that's holy. But also, it talks about His name here. It says, when... Uh, I put in my notes here, when, when we 
come before Him, we need to be able to remember that our only access to God lies in that name which is above every name. Now Kyle had, had all of our worship set up last, last Sunday talking about the name of Jesus. Um, Brother Sammy preached about the name of about Jesus. And Philippians, I read this Sunday morning as we, as we opened up our worship service. Philippians 2, 9 and 11 says, For this reason God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the, at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus is our only access and our only road to be able to approach the Father. So look back at that again. We'll read that one more time. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father, our Father, your name be honored as holy. So we need to be able to understand all those things about about who God is and about us being able to come in prayer to Him. You, you don't think about all these things that's going on when you, because we just, man, we've got access. We've got access to this now where it was a little bit different. Well, it was a lot different in the Old Testament. And hopefully I'm going to be able to cover some of that in the book of Hebrews in the, in the next few weeks. But in being able to understand that we, we have, we have, we're able to be able to come to God because of Jesus Christ and who He is and our faith and our trust in Him. Um, let's cover the what. Let's cover the what in, in, chapter, in verse 10. Two, uh, two ideas that they, they need to be able to be, um, they need to be able to, at, at the forefront in our minds as we approach God. Number one, thy kingdom come. And number two, and we're going to come back to this. Number one, thy kingdom come. And number two, thy will be done. This is, the, when we're talking about thy kingdom come, uh, this is a threefold request. And I'll go ahead and cover this and we'll come back to it. But number one, it's a request for Jesus to return to the earth. Number two, it's a personal request. Or this is a personal request. Number three, this is an evangelistic request as well. So let's look at verse 10 again. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is things done on earth as it is in heaven right now? It's, it's messed up, isn't it? That's what I was just talking about. It's messed up. So when, when we're praying this, we're praying for God's kingdom to come. We're praying for His His will to be done. So we're praying for the first thing when we're talking about His kingdom to come, a request for Jesus to return to the earth. I really do think that we're, well, we're always closer than, than we ever were, but in all honesty, I, I, I'm not sure how the earth, how the world, how people can hold together before this happens i mean there there's a lot of things that's going on in this world political things uh things financially things and I, i'm not going to get into a whole lot of that 
I think Corey's covering some of that with the end times upstairs. If y'all want to, <laughs> if y'all want to ease up there, you know, you can cover some of that. But there, there's a lot of things that's going on that it, it, it's almost like uh, it's, we're funneling down in, into where we, uh, Craig, when, when we go get our cows, we always do what? We we get them in from from the big pasture down. We put them in a smaller pasture. And then we get them down into the catch pen. And then next thing you know, we can run them through that chute. We can doctor them or take them to the sale or whatever we want to do with them. And that's, that's kind of the way this time is being done right now. You can, see, you can see us kind of standing around in the chute right now going, man, we're close. I mean, we really are close. Closer than we've ever been. And, 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 and being able to look at this, we need to be able to, to pray for Jesus Christ to return to the earth. Number two, this is a personal request. Look at this. It's, you know, we're, we're literally praying for the kingdom of God to be realized in our own lives. If you're saved, the kingdom of God is, is within you. Not, you know, Shane's covering, you know, he's doing a Tony Evans study. One, one of my favorite preachers to listen to, Brother Sammy, besides you, uh, Tony Evans. Now, I can, I can listen to Tony Evans, man, I, I tell you what. And he does this, he's got this kingdom, his focus is on kingdom. It's kingdom kids, it's kingdom, it's kingdom men. I don't know if you've ever, if you've never listened to his study or his, his series on kingdom men, man, that's fantastic. But it, we're, we're, looking at, we're looking at this kingdom as far as, for, we want his kingdom to come. And this, this means, simply put, when we pray, we're asking Jesus to have, have rule in our own lives. We're, we're asking Him to take over my life, to, to, for me to be able to commit my life to Him, and for me to become more like Him. You ever think about that? When you pray, when you, nice, Philip, when, when I prayed this and, and playing football, I didn't think about this stuff. I mean, this is, this is deeper than I thought it went. But really, when we're, praying, when we're praying this prayer, and we're praying prayers like this, this is what Jesus said, pray like this. Pray for His kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying in an evangelistic manner. Uh, this is an evangelistic request. Uh, as, as, we're, as we go to God and we're praying, we're praying for His his ruling and His reigning in our lives, um, but we can play a part of bringing other people to Him. And that's another part of His kingdom. Is When we talk about God's kingdom, that's part of it, is evangelism. What are we doing in evangelism? When you pray, are you praying for? Uh, this morning, I mean, I'll, every morning. When I pray every morning, I, I pray, God, put somebody in front of me today that needs that needs to be that I can witness to or that I can minister to and help me to recognize it Terry because a lot of times I, I don't even I don't even recognize it I'm I'm I've got my mind on a thousand different things and I and I don't recognize it and sometimes somebody hey you know slap me upside the head I, I need some help here I need some spiritual guidance here I need you know that this is this is what we're to do this is this is part of this prayer uh, God's church being filled is His kingdom and heaven coming to be like it is or to be
be like it is, or like He wants it to be on earth. That needs to be that needs to be our prayer. We need to be able to pray for the lost and pray for souls to come to Christ. First Timothy two, verse one says, "For first of all, first of all, then I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings." And all those who are in authority, Brother Sammy prayed about that earlier, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, who does God want to come to the knowledge and truth? Everyone. God, I mean... For God so loved the what? The world. I mean, He, he loved it and he, he came for everybody. His desire is for everybody to be saved. And we need to be able to pray that. Thy will be done. This is really a, a cousin to the previous line for when God's kingdom is realized in the world, His will will be done here as it is in heaven. This phrase is also telling us a Take, uh, telling us to place God's will first in our lives. Um, we're going to end with Mark 14 in just a minute, but before we do that, uh, we're, you know, when, when Jesus was about to go to the cross, when, when He was going to the, to the garden, He prayed, we, we covered this the other day, He prayed, not, not my will, but your will be done. And talking about him going to the cross and prayed it three different times while the disciples slept, Brother Sammy. <laughs> should I tell that little? Should I tell him? <laughs> we got talking about those disciples. Well, I'll tell this, I'll move on. But Brother Sammy went with me to, to Birmingham to the, to the hospital last week and uh, we couldn't get in to see. Brother James, and uh, both of us anyway, and Brother Sammy, he says, I, I will stay out here. He said, you need to go in and you need to, he said, I'll sit, I'll sit right out here and uh, I'll pray for you while, while you're in there. So I went back, I went back and uh, I had a great visit with James and Nita and, uh, and about 30 minutes and I come back out and I was looking everywhere in that lobby, it's a huge lobby, I mean there's people, this lobby was big as this right here people sitting everywhere and I kept thinking well I'll see him and and in my mind I'm thinking I'm still I'm still not used to his hair being long and you know and I'm and I'm you know when I start looking I'm looking for that flat top and I I don't see the flat top and I'm like no I gotta remember he's got long hair now so I start I start looking and finally find him and I and I go up there and I get I stand right in front of him for a few minutes and I thought you know, and I and I think he was praying. He was praying. He was he was deep. He was deep in prayer. And it's the first time I've seen anybody pray like this. But he was he was deep in prayer like this right here. And uh, so I reached down, I reached down and tapped him on the leg, and he and he jumped just a little bit. And he said, "How'd it go?" <laughs> and I said, "Went went good." And he said, well, "I was praying for you." <laughs> so I, I told him. I told him the other night when, when Judy, I thought that got away with Judy. I said it was like when Jesus went 
went to pray. He said, you stay here while I go, while I go pray. And I, Brother Sammy said, yeah, I'll stay here while you go pray. And I come back, he's sound asleep. Said he's praying, but he was, I think he was asleep. But anyway, let's look, uh, you know, when we're, when we're talking about this, even Jesus prayed for God's will to be done. He prayed for God's will to be done. We need to be able to pray for God's will to be done. Um, 1 John 5, 13 through 15 says, I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have before Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, or He, he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of Him. So when we're, I always mess that up reading, I'm sorry, with, with the new translation because I'm used to reading that out of the New King James. I probably should use it. But the, the translation in, in a lot of times when I'm using it up here or up here is because it, it's a better translation to be able for you to understand what we're talking about. And tonight's that case. Um, turn, if you would, to Mark chapter 14. We're going to end there. Mark chapter 14. And we're just going to read the first nine verses, and, and we'll tell you this story. It, if, if there was a story in the Bible about being in the, being in the presence of God and understanding the moment or a time when you were in the presence of God, it, it, it was this one. Mark chapter 14 says it was, it was two days before the Passover. And the festival of the unleavened bread, the chief priests and the scribes were looking for a cunning way to arrest Jesus and kill him. Not during the festival, uh, and they, they said, so that uh, there won't be, won't be a riot among the people. While he was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume of pure nard. And she broke the jar and poured it on his head. Now this, this is pretty impressive because this, this jar of expensive perfume was worth about a year's salary that somebody would... So this is something that... And it's, it's not only just, just the worth of it, it was probably something that, something that she spent or that she bought or maybe it was passed down to her and her family. This was a very, very special bottle of perfume. And she understood so much of, of and Jesus talks about this in just a minute, but it's, it says that, uh, and she broke the jar and poured it on its head. In other words, broke it. In other words, it's, it's being used today, all of it. But some were expressing indignation one to another. Why has this perfume been wasted? For this perfume might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And, and they began to scold her about that. I mean, woman, she don't know what she's doing. She's breaking perfume bottles. That could, we, could have, you know, we could have done a lot with that. But she understood the situation that she was in. She had, she had just a few minutes with God Himself. Verse 6 says, Jesus replied, Leave her alone. 
Why are you bothering her? She has done a noble thing for me, and you always have the poor with you, and you can do uh, what is good for them whenever you want, but you do not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body in advance for burial. Therefore, I tell you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the world, that she has done, uh, she has done, uh, will also be told in the memory of her. And I'll stop right there for just a second. I do want to read one more verse. But she understood the moment that she had to be in the presence of God Himself. And she understood, and, and she poured this. This was right before, this was right before he, he, he was handed over to, to the Jews to be crucified. So, when we, come to, when we come to God, we understand that we are in His presence. And we understand that we need to, we need to come and, and we need to be kingdom focused in our prayer. You, you know what this is going to do when you understand all this. And when you start to see this, this will change your prayer life. It, it's, when Jesus says pray like this, he, he means for your prayer life to be changed. When the Jews would pray, do you think the disciples could have learned how to pray from one of the Jewish leaders, one of the Pharisees? Now you know that they stood and they prayed, right? I mean, they, it was, we've talked about that, man. They stood and they, they wanted the whole world. They'd stand on the pre, street corners and, and pray. But the disciples didn't go to the Pharisees and say, teach us how to pray. They, they wanted Jesus to teach them how to pray. Because it was life-changing prayer. It, was, it really was. So they, they wanted to know this. So, and what, what's interesting, I'll, I'll, I'll end with this here. It says, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to, uh, to betray Jesus to them. This is, this is the moment. This is the moment that, this is just extra, <laughs> but this is the moment that, uh, that Judas decided that Jesus is about to be, be killed here. And he's not going to be able to monetarily gain what he thought because he's just said that this, this bottle of perfume that, that this lady has broke and poured all over him, it, we're not going to make anything in this, <laughs> is, what is, in his, is what was going in his mind. And then immediately after that, he turns Jesus over. Or he, go, he goes and, and sets all that up with the chief priest. Tonight, just think about this. We need to realize that when we're in the presence of God and worship Him through prayer. And then also we need to realize the need and the desire to be in the will of God in our prayer. We can do that when we pray. So, um, Philip.